Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. So this morning, we'll have a PowerPoint up. Well, next one. Not that one. Do you want to watch that again? <laughs> we'll put the PowerPoint on. There we go. Living in the light. We started a little series last week. It'll kind of be a little bit of a off the side of the series, and we'll get back into it next week. But it does relate. Today's Father's Day, so I wanted to focus on Father's Day and living in the light of the love of our Father in heaven. And so we'll begin with the scripture in Romans 8, 38 and 39, which says this. Oh, next one. There we go. It says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And then in 1 John, it says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Say that with me. And that is what we are. If there's anything that can help determine your identity in, your identity in living in the world today, it's this, that God, our Father in heaven, loves us, and He calls us children of God, and that is what we are. I kind of think of that song that we sing, and so say all of us, and so say all of us, and that is what we are, for we are children of God. Sing with me. We are children of God, and that is what we are, right? So next time you're singing that song, just think, we are children of God. I'm a child of God, and that is what I am. Church, we are living in a light of the Father's love, His perfect love. And you know what God our Father is saying to us right now? He's saying to you, I love you. 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 He just says it over and over and over again because he is lavishing us in his love. And we are being lavished and we're to lavish others in the love that we've been lavished with. He says in Deuteronomy 7.9, Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes us with his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Our perfect father, church, lavishes his love on us. And I want us to think about that today, that he is the ideal father who lavishes us with unconditional, perfect love. Why? Because he is the perfect father, the ideal father. And it's Father's Day. Now, I can tell you that I love being a dad. It's one of the best things in my life, having kids, that I've been able to be a dad for them. It's it's an amazing influence that you can have as a dad. We influence our kids. Sometimes we influence our kids for the best, and sometimes we don't influence our kids that great, but we do our best. And uh, I'm not an ideal dad. I'm not the perfect dad, but I do my best, and I have to keep my vision very clear of what the ideal dad actually looks like. Because I want to be a better dad. I want to be, have God at the center of my mind. I want to have his ways and his, 
his pathway, his steps in my mind, his vision for being a dad, so that I could have the best influence possible. And as I said before, some of us don't have the best memories in the way that we grew up around our dads, or we may have felt abandoned by our dads at different experiences that we've had. And I could bring up all sorts of memories around my own dad even for us today. But you know, today's talk might even be about healing for you. It might even be about healing your idea of what the ideal father is, is about and that you don't need to compare your earthly dad with your heavenly dad because they will never match up. They will never be that ideal father. No matter how hard they try, they'll never be that perfect dad. But I want us to learn what that perfect dad looks like today and learn how we can live in the light of his unconditional love today. So for others today, you might be sad because your dad's not here and you just miss him and you wish that you could have one more hug, one more hug or one more chat or maybe one more prayer with him, one more look into his eyes, one more opportunity to give him a Father's Day gift, one more chance to say, I love you, Dad. Father's Day, so many different experiences and each one of us so unique. But today, as I said, we'll gather around our perfect dad. We're singing to him today one more song. We're praying to him today one more chat. We're saying to him today, I love you, Lord. We're giving him one more look into his loving eyes. We're coming around our heavenly father to worship him and be reminded just how much he loves us. So let's have a look at the ideal father. The ideal father is an ever-present father. He's ever-present. Hebrews 13.5, it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. There has never been a time in your life where your heavenly father left you or abandoned you or forsook you. He has always been there in your life, even when you didn't respond to him, even when you were walking away from him. He has never left you and his arm is never short. He is reaching out to you. He is never absent from you. He is always all there, not just part of him. His spirit is here with us. He is with you. He is focused on you. He has never abandoned you. He has been at your events. He has been at your sports games. He has been at your recitals. He's been in your exams at school. He's there with you with everything you've done. He's there watching you. He's looking at you. He is ever-present father. The Bible says he is omnipresent, which means that he is in all places at all times, and he is focused on you. He is an ideal father who is an ever-present father. What else? He's a patient father. Psalm 103.14 says this, For he knows how weak we are, and he remembers that we are only dust. Did you know that you are only dust? You were kind of formed together and filled with the Spirit of God. He breathed his life into organized mud. Isn't that cool? He just breathed his life. The Spirit breathed into you. And so he knows what your weaknesses are because he knows you're just mud. At the end of the day, he knows what our frailties would be and where we might break down and where he needs to, maybe we need to adjust and he adjusts his expectations accordingly because he knows how weak we really are. He expects of you what he would expect of dust, in a sense. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and a God of mercy. 
slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Your Father in heaven is patient with you and long-suffering and he's realistic about who you really are. Our Father in heaven is a consistent Father. He says there in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above and he comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is a steady, consistent father. Not unpredictable like our earthly fathers. Some of you would come home and you'd never know which dad you're going to get. You're going to get good dad or you're going to get bad dad today as he walks through the door. Maybe your dad was changeable all the time and just different moods and mood swings. And, but with, with God, you're going to get good dad every time because he's unchangeable. He's a steady dad. He's consistent. He doesn't turn. It says there that he's the father of lights in whom there is no variation or turning. Praise God. He is always the same. God is not fickle. God is not moody. God is not changing from today to tomorrow. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He does not change or shift or no variation or shadow of turning. You have a steady father. He is a forgiving father. He is a forgiving father. Even if you fail, even if you reject him, even if you push him away and run the other way, even if you've gone into a foreign country and you've run away like the prodigal son ran away, even if you've sinned over and over and over again, even if you've sinned the same sins over and over again, even if you sinned the same sins again and again, and even if you swore you'd never sin those sins again and you sin them again twice, even if anything, he is a forgiving father. Praise God. He is a forgiving father. He always forgives no matter where you go. He's waiting for you to come home. He's standing there waiting with the finest robe for you. Like the prodigal son he, who ruined his life, he wasted his money, he squandered his inheritance and he was completely wrecked. His life was messed up. He was feeding pigs for a living. He was morally, emotionally, spiritually, he'd crossed every boundary and rejecting his father. He did everything opposite to what his father taught him to do. He was completely corrupted. And then he comes to his senses and he comes home and there's this beautiful scene that we see, we call, it, we call it the prodigal son story, but we could call it the forgiving father story, where the father runs to him with this beautiful royal robe and the father wraps him around his son and showers him with love, throws him the party of all parties and he says, I'm glad you're home, I'm glad you're home. Read in Luke 15 there, it says, But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf, for we have been fat, the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. This guy hadn't fixed up anything before he came home. He didn't pay back anything that he'd squandered of his father's wealth. He was there. He was dirty. He was messed up. And what did he do? The father, what did he do? He embraced him. He showered him with hugs. He showered him with kisses. 
He threw a party and he said, I'm just glad you're home. I want to lavish you with love. Your father is a forgiving father. Can I hear a praise God? You see, you sit here today. You sit here today and you are conscious, conscious of your sins. You're conscious of your failures. But God is saying to you today, I love you and I have cast your sins behind my back and I have buried them deepest part of the seas and as far as the east is from the west. So far, I've buried those transgressions. And you feel like that you've failed again and again. And God says, no, I did this for you. And you say, oh God, I failed again. I did it again. And God says, did what again? God is forgiving. Your earthly father may bring up your failures to you a thousand times over and cause you to feel rejected and feel that pain. But you have a forgiving father in heaven. And he says, every failure has been forgiven. All the thousands of failures have been forgiven. And that's God's mercy. And that's God's grace. And of course, we know that God doesn't leave us that way. He wants us to become more like Jesus as we grow. He doesn't want us to stay in this cycle of living in sin. He wants us to change. And he wants us to grow and become more like his son, Jesus, in living a holy life. But that's not determining his forgiveness. You can't earn his forgiveness by working towards that. His forgiveness is a gift of grace. It's because he loves you as a dad loves his kid. The ideal dad will forgive his child no matter what they do. They embrace them. They love them unconditionally. And that's what God's love is. Unconditional, without any strings attached. Isn't that amazing? We sing about it, church. God's amazing grace. Amazing grace that he would save me in that way. Now, he's also an attentive father. In Matthew 7, 11, it says, so if, you are, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? He has provided and he will care for you. He is attentive to your needs. Every detail, he notices you. He notices everything about you. He knows your needs. He notices your smile. He notices your frowns and your sadness. He notices your hopes and your fears and your dreams. He notices who you are. He notices who you could be. He notices who you want to be. He knows who you wish, wish you weren't. He notices all these things. He's attentive to you because he loves you. He's attentive to everything about your day and about your minute and about your second. He is focused completely on you. He is painstakingly sees you as a father. It is the father that you have that you wish that you always had, actually. He's not distracted by anything. He's looking at you right now. And he loves the sound of your voice. And he loves the sound and how it's distinct from every other voice. And he loves how you look. And he loves how you look different to every other person. He loves that about you. And he's looking into your eyes and he's looking at noticing every single tear that you cry. And he counts the hairs on your head, which is getting easier for me every year. <laughs> he's an attentive 
father. Amen? An attentive father. And I love that about him. He's also a protective father. It says in Psalm 144 too that he is my loving kindness and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. You see, your earthly father may have let you down. Your earthly father may have hurt you. He may have been put you in some hurtful or painful situations. He may have done things to you himself. Our heavenly father is going to go get him for you. Romans 12, 19 says, vengeance belongs to the Lord. God takes it personally, by the way. Pity the poor person that hurt you. Pity anyone who messes with you because God is get him. God will get him. God will get that person that hurt you. He promises to do that. Not for you to interfere with this. Don't interfere with it. Let God sort this out. He will protect you, though. He will protect you. He has protected you a thousand times a day, even when you didn't even realize it. He's a protective father. He's also a gentle father. It says in Psalm 18.35, You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. You have a gentle and tender and compassionate Father in heaven. God's gentleness, he wipes the tears from a crying child's cheek. He is tough, but he is tender. He has an iron fist with a velvet glove. He is what you need and he is what you want. He is a gentle father and he is a satisfied father. So many times we're working so hard to please someone else. Many times we want to please our earthly fathers We want our father's approval. Your dad may even be out of the picture now. Maybe he's gone. Maybe he's passed away and you're looking for approval still. You don't even know where you're looking for approval from. But do you know that when it comes to your heavenly father, he is fully satisfied with you. He is fully satisfied with you. You don't need to look for his approval Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So many people today are working so hard to please their earthly fathers and they never give an approval. When it comes to your heavenly father, he is fully satisfied with you. Do you believe that? He is 100% satisfied with you. God in heaven thinks you're great. He's not saying, I love you when you clean up your life. No. He died on a cross for you because he is fully satisfied with you. And what Jesus' blood did for us in redeeming us is because he loves us and thinks we're great. He wants to welcome us into his family. He wants to adopt us as his children into his family. He wants to renew us through the blood of Jesus. He's not saying, I love you when you fix that problem. He says, I love you, and now let's fix some problems. He has nothing to condemn you. He has nothing to criticize you. The Bible says in Romans 8.1, so there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ, you are faultless in his sight. 
Can I hear a praise God? This is worth getting a little bit excited about. Romans 8.34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Do you know anyone, church, do you know anyone who would look at you and say, faultless? Is there anyone in this world that would look at you and say, faultless? Your Father in heaven does. Your Father in heaven does. Faultless. Paul says it, that he made the bride of Christ radiant and without blemish. We spoke about it last week in the white wall, one little black mark on the wall, and it's not faultless anymore. But Jesus' blood has made us whiter than snow. That is faultless, church. That's how God sees us in Christ. In Christ is the key, isn't it? Not only does he have no criticism, but you actually please him. He loves your presence. He loves, he's smiling at you. God is smiling at you. He likes the person that you are. He accepts you, warts and all, just as you are. And this is so important because in your life, you're going to build your worth, your self-worth on your ability to please other people. And if you go and do that, if you build your self-worth on your ability to please others and gain the approval from other people, then that is just a never-ending dark tunnel like a black hole that will suck you in and suck you dry until you've got nothing left to give. It's a never-ending chore to live to just try and bring approval to other people and get approval from others. You can do that or... You will build your self-worth on what your heavenly Father says about you, which is total acceptance of who you are now and forever through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's it going to be? He is a satisfied Father. He loves you just the way you are. He loves you right now. Does he want us to grow? Does he want us to change and become more like Jesus? Yes, of course he does. But that's not the condition of his love. He just loves you with no conditions. He just loves you with no strings attached. Isn't that amazing? He is a satisfied father. And lastly, oh, Colossians 1.22, let me read this one. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. There it is. Everyone say, faultless. Now, I don't want you to get this sense of righteousness or pride around that. Because we're faultless based on one thing, the blood of Jesus that has washed us clean and made us faultless. Yeah. Okay. He is a royal father. We'll finish on this one. It says there in Psalm 47 two, For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. 
the king above all kings, and he rules with all justice and grace. The father that we know, he owns a cattle, he owns a thousand cattle. He owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. He owns a lot of cattle, Simon and Laura, a lot more than you guys. Sometimes we have to ask that God to sell a few cattle and send some of the money our way, amen? He's a great king, he's a royal father who provides for us. Your father who owns all these cattle, he also owns a mansion in heaven. Lots of lots of rooms there, it says in John. And he saved one of those rooms for you. Oh, imagine what that's going to be like. And you're going to be there one day. And he has servants. 10,000 by 10,000 servants, it says, and he calls them angels. And he's assigned these angels to you to serve you. It says in Hebrews 1.14, he calls them ministering spirits and they're going to serve those who have inherited salvation. They're going to be our servants. They're like going to be our butlers when we're in the mansion. Our servants. I don't know what they're going to do, but it'll be cool, right? (laughs) They're our servants from a household of God. Our God, our royal father, he is noble. He is wealthy. He is high class. He is powerful. He is royal. The Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. Can you say it with me? For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. Is this the father you want? Yes or yes? Well, he is the father you have. He is the father of us all because he created us. He made us in his image. Our Father in heaven created us. And some of you needed to hear this today. You need to be saved and you need to be adopted into that family where he is your heavenly Father. You need to be saved and enter in by being adopted like a child is adopted. An orphan child is adopted. Some of you here today, you need to re-engage with your heavenly father in a personal way. No better day than than, uh, heavenly father's day. And start walking in the light of his love, as we've talked about, his perfect love. Some of you would be the very first time doing this. Others of you, you just need to fall in love with him again. Fall in love with that first love. We all need our daddy. Paul says, cry out to him, Abba, Father. Daddy, Daddy, we all need to cry out to him. He's not the father who wounded you. He's not the father who hurt you or abandoned you or abused you. Don't let that negative image of an earthly father determine your view of what your heavenly father is, the ideal father, the perfect father. Because you might have a perception about your heavenly father that's all messed up because you've allowed your perception of your earthly father to taint that vision. You may have made him into something that God is not. And every time you suffer now, every time you're hurting, you start to blame God. Every time that you didn't get that prayer answered by your heavenly father, you start to blame God because you think, well, he didn't answer, just like my dad didn't answer. He wasn't there for me, and now God's not there for me. Every time a prayer is answered, you need to think, no, I hang on to a royal father, consistent father, a loving father. 
I hang on to the truth about what the Bible says about who my heavenly father is, not on my idea of what my earthly idea of what, what he is like. Some of you need to disentangle your view of God. Some of you need to think about that and stop comparing your earthly father with your heavenly father because your heavenly father is infinitely better than you could give him credit for. And I've only just started to talk about him today. I've only just scratched the surface of what your heavenly father is like. Isn't that amazing? Where's Belinda? Maybe you could come and play a bit of piano. Is Belinda here? Yeah. Come on up and just give us a little bit of backing music while we pray for a moment and finish up our service. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I hope you could see today that we have an ideal, perfect Father. I hope you could see that today. Lord, just like the words of Paul, he said, I am convinced that nothing could separate us from the love of God. Lord, I want to be convinced in my spirit. I want everyone in this church right now to be convinced completely persuaded that we have the love of God and cannot be separated from it. Lord, we've talked about it from your word today. Your word says, see how very much our Father loves us. Paul is painting the picture for us, God, his love that would be lavished upon us. He says, understand it therefore, that the Lord your God is God and that He has lavished His unfailing love on those who love Him and obey His commands. Thank You for being our ideal Father, an ever-present Father, a patient Father, a consistent Father, a forgiving Father. Thank You for being our attentive Father, a protective Father, a gentle Father, a satisfied Father. Thank You, Lord, for being a royal Father. God, I'm convinced of this. And I pray that each one here could say the same thing. Help us, Lord, be convinced. Because we need you, Lord. We need you. Lord, for those who have been hurt and a lot of pain in their life and Father's Day has a lot of mixed emotions for them in this room here, I just pray that, Lord, you would minister to them now. Maybe some just missing their dads. They just wish they could have that one more hug, that one more I love you, that one more look in their their eyes. Lord, I pray you minister by your love into that deep need and bring healing. Bring healing. Bring healing right now of your spirit, Lord. Remind all of us that your love is perfect and unconditional with no strings attached. 
And that, Lord, you accept us just the way we are. You don't even want us to change. You just want us to come to you. And then you will help us change by your power and by your strength. You take us as we are, but you don't leave us that way. I'm grateful for that. Just grateful for that today. I pray each one of us could come to you today now, knowing that we're fully accepted and that you think we're great. So great, you're willing to die for us. Gee, that's amazing. Your word says that you loved us so much. You love this world so much that you gave up your only son for whoever, whoever, whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. And I pray that today as we leave this room, that every single one of us would know without a doubt in their mind, if they believe in the name of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, they too can be saved. That Lord, you, our Heavenly Father, would wrap us up in your arms. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us now. In Jesus' name.